0: Good Sunday morning, Dan. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, welcome to Chill in the Basement episode Something. I think we're we're right around I mean, that 50 mark. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like 51, 52 now. Um it is a couple days after april fools you uh you any april fools jokes played on you anything good you play on anybody
1: on me um i always find april fools jokes really funny actually um i saw one that cracked me up pretty good it was like you know, someone reached out to an ex and they were just like, Oh my gosh, I miss you so much. And then there was like this whole text of like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, all these, Oh no, <laughs> April, fools. Like, oh, no. <laughs> April fools. <laughs> ah,
0: that's see, that's you're messing with someone's emotions, man. That's yeah. not cool. Yeah, I saw, it was just funny though. Yeah. I saw one where what was it like, uh, their dad was super into coffee. So they, created a burner phone account and started texting him as if he had been signed up for some sort of coffee newsletter telling him that they, <laughs> they were they were gonna send him a gold plated bean belt and all these other things and charge his credit card for it and he just kept replying like Stop like no bean. Like I don't want to yeah. be a part of this. But <laughs> yeah, ended up being a big April Fool's joke. Um
1: people really go all out and do some like really elaborate things though. So it's kind yeah. of funny to see how much effort people put into it when it's exactly. not like I don't know, I feel like it's not that common of a thing, but
0: I saw one, it was a Reddit post that someone made about how some university's quantum computer had hacked Bitcoin and Bitcoin was had like halved in value and blah 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 and it was just like people were buying it. But it was funny cuz you could look up the price of Bitcoin and see that it was still, you know, whatever, 45,000 or something like that. Yeah. And so people were also posting about how oh, already rebounded. This is bullshit. <laughs> it's like,
1: people are so gullible now yeah so it's like they see wild. anything on the internet and they think it's just like dude like yeah
0: serious. there's um,
1: one i think it was like tom brady had talked about like oh you know breaking news a trade was just approved to send tom brady from the buccaneers to the dolphins yeah and then like the next slide when you like slid it over is like april fools <laughs> um what? yeah it's it's just, i think it just comes with like the territory of the internet where it's just like People will come and say the most outlandish things. It's like, is this true or is this fake? And it's like, April Fools is almost like every day now because of there there being no um, parameters or like yeah um, bars around.
0: There's no money. reality check on the internet. Exactly. If you see, uh, speaking of reality checks, you see they there's been an issue with some schools. One of them was actually in Midland, where parents are calling in and complaining to administrators because they've been convinced that schools are now allowing for children who identify as cats to use litter boxes in the bathroom. Oh, my (laughs) It's like these groups that are like, you know, like Moms for Freedom, right? Or Moms for Liberty, stuff like that.
1: That's what you sent me. I was
0: like, what the hell
1: is litter boxes in schools?
0: They've they've got... There's, it, it's like school in Texas happened on a school on the East coast happened, like I said, a school in Midland, where you've got these parents who are reading online that these school districts, this, by the way, none of this is actually true, but they're reading online that these school districts are allowing children who are like, I guess, little furries, but, but they're kids. So it's like really hard. Like who, like, I don't know. I remember when we were kids, people used to pretend to be like dogs and cats all the time. It was not, it's like part yeah. of being, having an imagination growing up. But That they've convinced the school, it's like just the next step in like the absurd culture war stuff. But, um, that they've convinced the schools that uh, that the kids need to be allowed to use litter boxes because they identify as cats. That's <laughs> absurd, man. It's just like, like one of those that stories that the
1: level of like naive or idiocracy that is just, yeah, I cannot believe that the, shit.
0: the only thing. I saw that they where they had actually been able to connect it to a real story was something about a security guard at a furry convention mentioning something in a in a news story years ago about how, yeah, some of them are so into this. They'll bring like litter boxes and stuff like that to their hotel rooms. Oh, my God. And then but it's <laughs> so, so you can imagine like the you know oh my god they're, they these people use litter boxes like we ain't going to let my kids use litter boxes in schools and then it just it just They continues better not to be roll. using
1: no litter boxes yeah, that's dude. all I got to say hilarious shit oh my gosh what is the world coming to man
0: i don't know i just think it's it's you know like we we're talking about it's just the internet makes everything it just blows everything up and none of it ever oh, ends up being real and so it's just this big circle of stupid this is a big circle of stupid and it's making people dumber yep hey so. let
1: them let them continue to think this dumb stuff and believe it you know i'm all for you know separating what is it the wh- whose law is it darwin's law
0: Don't, are you the talking stri- about more survival law? of the fittest oh whatever? yeah that's that's darwin yeah um let
1: darwin's law takes over man these people are gonna filter themselves out at some point anyways, right?
0: Yeah, I think you're, is it Moore's Law? Is Moore's Law the one where it's like you are super confident about stuff you know nothing about until you actually know stuff about it? Is that Moore's Law? Hold on, I got to look this up real quick. Yeah, perception that the number, Uh, oh, no, no. Moore's Law is the one about microchips. Oh, yeah. Never mind.
1: Oh, integrated circuits. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just,
1: oh man, I know. I know. I know which one you're talking about, though. It's like people are so confident in a topic that they know nothing about.
0: Yeah. 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 Dunning and Kruger effect. There we go. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like the people who are most confident about a topic are actually the people who know the least about it. Because once yeah. you know, once you start to learn about something, you actually realize how little you know about it. And then you have to build confidence over time. I feel like
1: that's sometimes us joking around. Like <laughs> Oh yeah.
0: We definitely have some Dunning Kruger going on in this podcast at times.
1: It's okay though. We're just having fun. That's right. We're not that serious about it, you know. You see, um
0: you see this I don't know if he's a senator no, he's gotta be like House of Representatives, the dude, I think Madison Cawthorn, the guy who's he's like a millennial, the one he's in a wheelchair. He was he was on a podcast and he basically brought up how He's often invited. He'll often be having conversations with other reps and get invited to sex parties where he witnesses people doing keys of Coke. Oh, my God. No, I did not hear
1: about that. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, the best part about it is like he's a Republican and you had the Republican reaction being like, dude, come on. You can't just say that shit. Like they're super <laughs> upset about it. <laughs> Seriously, man, who's invited you to these Cokeville orgies? <laughs> uh, he has not. He has not officially clarified yet who who has invited him to the Cokeville orgies. So as the world turns oh, Washington we'll style, and say
1: whatever they can to get attention on them. I feel
0: like yeah. And this guy, this guy seems like he's pretty sketchy. Like apparently he he's he's just kind of a bullshitter like he's in a wheelchair but he claims that he like the, the story around how that happened which was like i think it some sort of drunk driving accident but like even his friends who were with him at the time has have come out and said like he's lied about it and he's just kind of a sketchy guy generally but yeah cokeville lord how did he
1: get voted into an like official position
0: uh i mean if you want to go into the issues with our current system and gerrymandering and the idea that You have these primaries where, you know, like the Republican or Democrat primary in really gerrymandered areas will determine who the actual, you know, representative is doesn't you know what I mean? So then you have like a smaller group of people who could potentially be on the like, you know, if you're looking at politics as a spectrum, there's a right and left and, you know could be more extreme on either side so that's kind of the issue right now or one of the speaking issues of, speaking of politics
1: i heard uh, an interesting perspective the other day that i wanted to share with you i thought it was all right it kind of made me sit there and go hmm and i don't know maybe we did talk about this recently and i it's, i'm just kind of like it's blowing my mind but you know the whole idea that um you know conservatives seem to be more liberal about like inter like not liberal but like they're less conservative about like wearing a mask yeah and it's just like and then you got like the left side or the liberals saying oh you know you have to still wear masks where you go places and stuff and it's 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 kind of funny to think how like that whole idea around you know what's considered like a what's considered liberal considered what's considered conservative and how that uh positioning is kind of like flipped and someone told me that that's happened a few times like throughout history in terms of like you know different uh topics or things that might seem liberal or conservative from a certain perspective in how the parties have kind of like flip-flopped back and forth
0: yeah i mean certain topics it was um you know it's like why like abraham lincoln was a republican right so would have been considered very progressive in his era Right Someone who's looking to um, You know Legalize slavery It's like one of the most Progressive stances You could have At that period of time um, But the Republican Party Was seen as more Of a progressive Or liberal party At that time And the Democrats Were the social conservatives Yeah And, and then that flips In the 60s With Reagan And Nixon And the southern strategy which was to basically turn the blue, typically Democratic states of the South, uh, over to the Republicans, um, yeah. and so that's when you see that kind of shift start to change. But yeah, it's happened throughout and history. Then there but was then, like
1: the war on the war on drugs and all that yep. stuff. And yeah,
0: yep. yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You talk, you bring up mass. I mean, that's one where like be interesting to. See. I don't know i I don't know how that would fall on like a actual like if you're a generally more conservative person or generally more progressive person or what would be like a liberal person although I think that the term liberal is kind of i don't know i don't like you look at like a classic liberal within like a the political um like definition it's not really it's more of like a libertarian type of person but anyway um that I don't. I just lost my train of thought completely there. Well,
1: I. I mean, I. I think. I guess what you're. I, I get what you're saying. I just think it, it's. It's interesting. Like, the perspective of like thinking. You know, people are more conservative about like health. Like, right. So yeah. Like that's the whole thing that I'm just like you know the Scott. word conservative that's connected to like the Republican Party. It seems like it's. It doesn't fit right now from. You know, how people are responding and how people are reacting to this whole, like, you know, vaccination mandate or like mask mandate and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's just interesting to me that people connect this, you know, conservative and liberal word with the parties, where to me, it doesn't necessarily seem like that is the correct word to associate with them, right? At this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. They can be more conservative about like fiscal policies and more conservative about like um, spending and stuff like that. But
0: but even that even that hasn't necessarily been true. If you look at like George Bush was one of the biggest spending presidents we've ever seen. Clinton was the last president to balance the budget. He was a Democrat
1: but i also think that that from a perspective of like what they're spending their money on was different right like they could be they were spending a lot of money on like military but right. they weren't as putting as much money into like schools and the healthcare and stuff like that
0: so yeah so yeah but it's and to me it's it's it just becomes like this it's a political football thing to where there's really not it especially now we're sort of disconnected from this idea that there's any real core value um particularly on the the Republican side, because they've gone so hard at the court culture war aspect of things and been like, you know, it's about guns, liberty, religion, and, you know, freedom, which the mask thing, like if Trump goes the opposite way with masks, you could almost see the two parties flipping with regards to masks, right? And you have, you know, Republicans now, it's hard to see, given the freedom aspect of the Republican Party right now, them pushing for more, any type of restrictions. But um, it really is just, it's political footballs at this point in our history where people are just trying to score points more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not about being right. It's about having, you know, rhetoric that you can use to, you know, sound good and make people think that you're smart, I guess. I'm not really sure on that one. Yeah. but. I think it's just a general
1: football does bring up a nice transition to uh, talking about the whole uh, NFL draft is coming up here soon. I uh, curious what your thoughts are on kind of things we've heard. And I don't know if you saw or not, but Colin Kaepernick was the, uh, he was considered the honorary captain for the university of Michigan spring game. I saw that. And uh at halftime of the spring game, he put on some sort of like uh quarterback NFL like show or something where he was just like throwing passes to guys running around the field. I'll be completely honest. Like I, I don't give a shit what his political affiliations are. And, you know, I didn't really think he was that bad of a quarterback in the NFL. Granted, his numbers weren't that great, but I didn't think he was that impressive. And it's like, he, at the, was, he, was at the wearing, he was wearing like a cut off sleeve shirt. And I was like, dude, it is cold outside. I don't know why you're trying to do that. I was like, if you're doing that to show off your arms, I guess, whatever. But I would have probably had a longer shirt on because it was cold and it seemed like he was cold. And it's just like, he probably could have performed better had it been warmer weather. But um, I guess it was just like a NFL prospecting that he's just trying to get on a team and get teams to look at him and stuff
0: interesting i mean talking about people who have been turned into political footballs i mean colin kaepernick is like the ultimate one of of those uh i don't know how old is he now he's a rushing quarterback that's why he, it was never like yeah, Colin. in mean his
1: mid-30s he's got to be like our close to our age like 33 34 it's never least. like
0: colin kaepernick is gonna wow us with his breaking down of defenses and he you hasn't know. played
1: in the league in like five six years i think
0: yeah he's born in 87 so yeah he's our age yeah yeah. So uh, I think
1: one of the comments he made is like, you know, I'll help a team win. You know, get me on a team and I'll help a team win. So
0: I doubt it. That yeah. it's hard to believe that he would get a shot. I'm not saying he shouldn't, but yeah, he, uh,
1: it was interesting. Like, I don't know if it was just like the receivers weren't that great, but he was just not throwing very good balls, in my opinion. But
0: really, were you at the spring game?
1: Whipped the ball around at halftime. Yeah, the spring game yesterday.
0: You were there? No, I wasn't there. I was okay. Just watching you just watched highlights. It was well, no, it was on the Big Ten Network. Ah, gotcha. The, televised. How'd the squad look? Not bad, man.
1: I mean, there's some interesting uh, battles going to go on with uh, some some guys actually on the team are, are going two ways. Some guys are playing defense and offense. Yeah. Um, we got a few wide receivers that are also playing defensive backs, and then there was a linebacker that we have. That also might take some uh plays at running back, which was pretty interesting. He was just pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I'm I think the the quarterback battle will be interesting this year as well because you know, we got McNamara returning as the starter, but McCarthy, you know, he I think put on some pretty solid displays last year and has an opportunity to compete. And I don't know if they're gonna go with the dual quarterback system or if they'll just kind of stick with McNamara. I mean, he was a big 10 you know, winning quarterback for Michigan, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's also another guy who's a transfer. Um, That was pretty, he looked pretty good yesterday. Cameron, what his name is. I want to say it's McMullen or I can't remember all these damn nicknames. Yeah. They call um, it so
0: cool. Is it like the maze and blue game or something like that?
1: Yeah. The maze and blue game. Yeah, yeah. The winner, the winning team gets a steak dinner and the losing team gets hot dogs. <laughs>
0: I don't. Ridiculous I don't know how I feel about that. Like, uh from a health perspective, you know, wouldn't you want all of your your whole team to eat steak? Not, yeah. you know, you don't want to shove hot dogs yeah. down. I get it. It's uh, it's yeah. a little bit of a funny little uh, little trope. Good job, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Um,
1: I think it just gives the team's motivation to beat each other, play
0: well. But yeah. Um. Yeah. All right, NCAA tournament. You got any hot takes?
1: Man, I was uh. That was a great Duke-North Carolina Final Four game.
0: Yeah, I so I didn't end up watching the end of the game, but I saw the one thing I didn't notice today on uh, when I woke up is that all the Duke fans were upset because they didn't get an and-one call with that layup, that guy. That wasn't an yeah, and-one uh, yeah, with 10 seconds left.
1: That big of a difference. They ended
0: up losing by four. Yeah, it would have tied the game with like 10 seconds left or something like that, but was not an and-one wasn't even yeah. close given college rules like I don't even know if it should have been if you're talking nBA rules
1: I mean continuation in the NBA I feel like they would have given him the n1 yeah um but I feel like in college if if they called the foul he shouldn't even made the bucket it should have just been on the floor
0: right it, they did it was on the floor
1: yeah but like he made the bucket and I thought the bucket counted
0: no it didn't Oh no! That's what that's what Duke fans were all upset about. They were like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. one continuation, yeah, yeah, yeah." You're like it's continuation, and then yeah. in the comments on the Twitter post, it's like, you know, continuation doesn't exist in college basketball. And then people just yeah. being like, "Well, it's stupid." And it's like, "No, eh, it's not." He was yeah, definitely mean, dribbling the ball. What,
1: dude, that kid, Love from North Carolina, he yeah. is a killer. He's yeah. going to be great in the NBA, in my opinion. He's the one that He's hit that a, big
0: three. He,
1: yeah, dude, he's so confident with his his game, and you know he he can drive to the rack and score, and and he can shoot lights out. So I mean, he he was making big time shots even in the Elite Eight game that I was watching. He was knocking down with confidence. He was like, "Give me the ball, I'm about to score." Yeah, and he knocked down another big three against I forget who they were playing in the Elite Eight, but uh, yeah, he that North Carolina team is solid, but I do that Kansas team is so good. Yeah, they They're pooped on Villanova. Hard. Lot of lot of athletic guys it had to kick Villanova's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of bummed. I don't I didn't really think Villanova had a whole lot of scoring. And I, I mean they kept just trying to get the ball to that uh, I can't remember what that kid's name is, a white kid on their team that was a shooter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I I think it's gonna be a great game. Kansas has definitely been uh playing pretty well over the last uh, few months of the season here. Um North Carolina is coming in hot, though, especially coming off that win
0: against Duke. I I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah. I have no idea how to even handicap it. You know who the favorite is at this point? I think the favorite is Kansas. Kansas, just because they looked more impressive. A couple points. Let's see. A little betting action here. Maybe
1: maybe three and a half,
0: four and a half. College basketball lines are so difficult to to
1: pick well kansas is number one four and a half there was number one in their region and then north carolina is number eight so i feel like it's got to definitely
0: kansas is a kansas four or four and a half point favorite depending on what uh what betting service you use yeah that doesn't surprise me yeah
1: um i really thought duke was going to win that game i mean they have that freshman on their team. I can't remember what his name is, but that dude is a monster. Pat-
0: ben Carroll. Huh? Paulo Ben
1: Yeah, Ben Carroll. That kid is a beast.
0: Yeah, just another one. I looked up their recruiting classes. They've got studs coming in next two years. They're Especially next year, they're loaded.
1: I feel like Ben Carroll's <laughs> got to go. He's going to get drafted. Oh, yeah. With, with Krzyzewski leaving. Oh, yeah, I guess that's another thing to call is Mike Krzyzewski's last game.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's that. about
1: to retire, which, which, what a shitty way to go out lose to your rival in your last game in the NCAA tournament in the final four
0: after they beat you in your last home game home. in Cameron Ingo- Indoor earlier in the year. <laughs> they
1: got smacked too, didn't they? Uh,
0: yeah, I think so, dude. I'm glad Mike Scheffsky's gone. I was never a big Mike Scheffsky guy, being a Michigan State fan, he's yeah. pooped on us several times. Uh, we, we got him a couple of times, but he got us more than we got him. And, uh, yeah, I always thought it was a little bit shady that he also got to coach and run the entire U S men's basketball program. I don't know who takes over that or who's doing that now, but
1: I thought, wasn't the guy from San Antonio, uh, Popovich, Popovich, he was coaching for a while, right? It
0: might be. I mean, it, the pro- the problem I had with it is, is you basically had coach K being able to coach the best young talent from, like, you know, these, like, 15 to 18-year-olds, and, you know, they all end up going to Duke. Like, you could literally look at the U.S. under-18 squad and then go to any recruiting service, and all the top players have their pictures are USA basketball pictures, and they're all going to Duke. Yeah. It's like, that's some bullshit. Yeah. Um it definitely...
1: It definitely was uh, one of those things. It's just like, well, if he's going to be able to do this, he shouldn't be able to do that, you
0: know? Yeah, and then, which I mean, I get it. He's considered, you know, one of the best coaches in the country, so why not let him coach? Just seems a little bit of an unfair advantage from a recruiting but angle. Is he not really
1: coaching managed. the the NBA well, or the Olympic thing. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how
0: much Olympic coach, you know, coaching you actually have to do for those guys. You know, yeah, it's not a whole lot. You get the best guys in the world, just put in a system and have them go score a bunch of points. Um, I don't know. Evolution of the game during his career has been kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't know that you give him like, I don't know that he's been like a innovative coach in any way other than he's seems to have been a good recruiter. Like, I don't know. Is there something that coach K gave to basketball that we're that I'm missing here? like duke no, fans are all I mean, pissed off about
1: he does have 5 national titles
0: yeah i mean other like i said that's just that's that's purely mostly i mean he's had so much talent there yeah you know um, he got he you know he was kind of against the one and done thing and then just completely went all in on the one and done thing which is fine although i think that model is even changing to where you don't necessarily want to have a bunch of one and done guys on your team because they end yeah. up not being as good as like you know twenty two and twenty three year olds who have been in a system for four years and are a little bit more mature from a physical perspective, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they're just not as committed, you know. Or yeah, and or the commitment type thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely going to change the face of college basketball. I feel like because after Roy Williams retired from UNC, now Shashovsky's retiring from Duke. I mean, how long until Izzo retires from Michigan State?
0: I know you got Izzo. I mean, it's like I was thinking about this earlier. It's like this weird era of vaguely Italian-looking white dudes, short white dudes <laughs> like Rick Pitino, Tom Izzo, Rick Pitino. <laughs> Mike Shashevsky, <Krzyzewski>, John Calipari.
1: <laughs> or who's the guy from UConn, the women's basketball? Yeah. National yeah, Gino yeah, Gino Ariema.
0: Yeah, Gino Ariema.
1: Yeah, why, why he is he it... tires after this year? That'd be really interesting. It's like, what does the Italian mafia know that we
0: do? Right. <laughs> why are all these? I don't know that all of them are even Italian. Like, I don't think Shish, I think Shishovsky's Polish or something like that. Probably. But whatever, you you know, it's like the you know the short guy with like the sem- a little bit larger nose and just like the squatty frame. Like, why were those guys so successful for the past twenty years of college basketball? And but you look at like the young coaches, the good young coaches. I I don't see that that archetype com, coming in to play anymore. Like I think yeah. we're we're making a shift as far as the popular basketball coaches are concerned.
1: It is really interesting, though. It's it's crazy how long he's been a college basketball coach for.
0: Yeah. How do you think? So you see they they already named John Shire as the the head coach who will replace him. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he's the, he's been an assistant. He was a dude who, uh, they I think he won a national championship there in, like, 2010. Never really oh, had okay. much of a pro career, but... Um, I
1: feel like it makes sense that they were going to select someone who had been there before, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it makes sense. I What I don't get is, why are you... Like, he's 34 years old, has no head coaching experience. Sure, you've got the next two classes coming in full of studs because of Coach K's USA basketball connections and everything. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what it looks like after that, you know, if he can keep the pipeline rolling um, or if they fall off at all.
1: I see, I don't think there's going to be much of a fall-off. I mean, yeah, Coach Krzyzewski has got the name, but, like, the school itself carries more weight than that. You know, the like the – it's like I mean, people are still going to UNC with uh with Roy Williams being gone. Yeah. I think people still go to Michigan State when Izzo retires. Yeah. I don't think like the coach the coach does play a little bit of it, but I think just being a part of that brand itself, the brand is always gonna be what it is.
0: I know, man. So, UCLA basketball after John Wooden, just saying. Yeah. In- Indiana uh, basketball after Bob Knight. Mm-hmm.
1: That is true. Good point.
0: Like it does happen. It's not, and uh, I guess the problem with Duke is the expectations there are going to be absurd. Yeah, you know, if he doesn't have a top five recruiting class every single year, make a Final Four every other year. Like, at what point do they go arrogant, Duke people, and fire him for you know he may be a good coach, but they'll just fire him because you know he's not living up to whatever that standard is.
1: So I guess. Here's my argument for the whole Indiana thing. I think Bob Knight made that team what they were. I don't necessarily think that Mike Krzyzewski made that team what they were.
0: You don't think Mike Krzyzewski had anything to do with Duke being Duke? They were terrible at basketball before he started coaching there.
1: I mean, I'm not saying that he didn't have something to do with it, but I don't think he had as much weight as, you know, the – what level Bob Knight was able to bring Indiana to, right? Okay. Cause, Cause Bob Knight, I just think he I don't know, like Indiana basketball, Indiana Hoosiers or whatever. I don't think like that's necessarily like a, a staple for you know college basketball in general. Right. Yeah. Um the whole UCLA thing that that is a that's a different case. I think UCLA has definitely been one of those prominent schools that has had a lot of top talent come through there, but I don't think I can name more than actually, I don't think I can name anybody that's come through Indiana. That's been top talent. Even the best player to come out of Indiana went to Indiana state. And that was Larry bird.
0: He went to Indiana for a year, I think. But yeah, he did not like Bob Knight. How do you miss on but Larry you think bird of names that have come through
1: like Duke and North Carolina and UCLA. There's a hell of a lot more prominent players that have come through there than have come through Indiana. Yeah, Victor Oladipo is the only player that I can think that is still in the league that's come through Indiana.
0: Yeah, Eric Gordon is he still around? I maybe I don't know. Would be the only other one I can think of. Um, no, I mean, Zeller
1: wasn't. Did one of the Zeller brothers go there?
0: May maybe I don't know. So. Larry Bird uh was left Indiana because Bob Knight was such a dick to him. Then he goes on <laughs> to be one of the greatest <laughs> basketball players in NBA history. Yeah, good job, Bobby Knight. That's not surprising, though. No, Bobby, Bobby Knight Knight
1: is not top.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why Bobby Knight is remembered as Bobby Knight is remembered because he was kind of an asshole.
1: He threw a chair on the on the court.
0: Yeah. So that's the one thing about Coach K that, other than, uh, you know, the little like stuff like and, like having issues with handshake lines, stuff like that. Um, you know, he's he's been very scandal-free in the th- however many years he's coached there. Yeah, like in an era of college basketball that went from, you know, basically the John Wooden area era where you had these super teams where you had a guy for four years to now where you know, you've got NIL, um, you got the one and done thing. You, I mean, you went through a period where guys could go straight to the NBA, you know, that's no longer a thing. Like he has been a rock and where other cultures have had controversy with paying players or all this other stuff, you know, he's just kind of been, uh, been steady Eddie with regards to not having to deal with any of the off the court stuff. Um, you know, and, uh, certainly has brought a lot of attention in a positive light to Duke that they would not have otherwise gotten and sort of built this this national basketball powerhouse that, uh, like I said, we'll see how old John Shire does with it as he yeah. takes over the reins. It's got to be intimidating as hell to be taken oh, over yeah. for him.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, who's a guy that took over for North Carolina?
0: Um, for Dean Smith or for yeah. – you're talking about right now, see?
1: Yeah, the guy right now is it Hubert um, Davis. Yeah, and he was, he was, he was, he went to UNC.
0: Yeah, so he,
1: I mean, over player. I feel like that's kind of like a similar situation here with the whole Krzyzewski and the other guy taking over for him. It's like yep. you got big shoes to fill, man. Yeah, and I think that guy's done a great job for UNC filling in those shoes.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the thing with Hubert Davis is, is that he, let's see, he was a North Carolina assistant, um. And then became head coach. So yeah, they're literally trying to do. Um, they're trying to do the same thing that North Carolina did at Duke. Yeah, I also
1: love that it's two old white coaches that we're replacing with uh, some former black athletes. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It is because I know there's not as many. You know, when you think about uh, like the coaches that have come through you know, sports and college, you know, you don't see as many head head coaches for football that are black coaches, right? And it's just like now yeah. basketball is making this transition to a lot of black coaches, which I think is great giving those guys those opportunities. I mean, you got Michigan. I bet you Michigan State's next, man.
0: Possibly. Yeah. Depending on where they really go for gone, He's going to get one of his old players. Uh, so, all right, we what can. If
1: Draymond Green came back to coach Michigan State? <laughs>
0: So, we could go down this rabbit hole. So, uh, Drew Valentine is one guy that a name that gets tossed around. Not Denzel, his brother Drew, who's the head coach at at, Valentine. Yep. At Loyola. Yeah, Loyola. He took over for Porter Mosier. Um, Dwayne Stevens has been Tom Izzo's assistant coach for years. His name gets thrown around, although I don't know. It's one of those situations where it's like, why haven't you become a head coach if you're good Maybe enough to be a head coach? You know what I mean?
1: Waiting to take over for Izzo.
0: Maybe, but they've never formally, I don't think, stated that. Yeah. And then there's also, you know, like the, the just general Izzo coach tree, like Tom Crean, uh, this guy Dane Fife, is that a name? There's other guys out there. So who knows? Not quite there yet. I guess Dane Fife's now the coach of Indiana. Who's I thinking? I don't know. Either way. Um, Yeah, there's guys. So we'll see. I don't really. uh, uh, Michigan State. Let's see. Michigan State basketball. So we lost to Duke in the round of 32. Should have beat him, to be honest with you. We had him down with like, I don't know, seven minutes to play or something like that. Yeah. Just uh just kind of lost it there at the end. Um team this year was interesting. It's not I don't know. The the knock that you know, my friend group we kind of have on Tom Mizzo is always that he always seems to play too many guys. Yeah. Like he, he rotates in a lot of guys. Yeah, there's always like, uh, you know, there's five guys on your team that are the best five guys on your team, right? And you should probably play them more, more. than anybody else. Yep. But he doesn't really do that.
1: So. No, he, he spreads the love out too much.
0: Yeah, I think that's the, and so, yeah, it ends up with these situations where they get they get beat when they shouldn't get beat. Yep, agreed. Agreed. Uh, they definitely could have beat Duke. They could have beat Duke. Didn't beat Duke though, so that's how the cookie crumbles. Uh, how's Michigan squad? They're gonna get all the dudes back. Are they getting Diabate and? Oh, uh... no,
1: they're. I mean, there's a good chance all those guys are gone. That sucks. Yeah. Who's he I got? Because
0: he have some. So he's got guys coming in though.
1: Yeah, we, they got some guys coming in. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think that uh, those guys are gonna try to hit the iron while it's hot. Yeah. Um, that's I, the thing I really about. I think that Diabate should should stay a little longer and kind of finesse his game. Um, yeah, he's 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 got a great chance of being a lottery pick, in my opinion, if if he waits one more year because he's extremely talented.
0: Otherwise, there's always boxing. Dude's got some fast hands.
1: Dude, fast <laughs> hands, and he's got reach. Dude, he's yeah. got long arms.
0: Yes, as the uh, what? Who's the squad? The Wisconsin squad Wisconsin. learned. <laughs> that was wild. that can throw hands. Uh, so, okay. So Caleb Houston probably gone, right? Yeah.
1: That's another one that I really feel like he, one more year of kind of just like refining his game Yeah, he could be pretty outstanding as well. Uh, I think he was, uh, the what what state was he the Gatorade player of the year for? Florida? I want, say, I want yeah, I want to say, yeah, it had to have been one of those. Might've been Florida. I know he was like Gatorade player of the year. He he's a solid shooter and he can he's, he's got like length he's like i think he's like six eight okay um, yeah yeah he's just a solid overall player and um i really wish he would stay i think you know i think michigan would have a good shot at making a run for the national title next year if all three of our you know big name guys would stay um
0: who's so the third guy were
1: working on getting some some like portal transfer guys yeah Some like older guys i think texas tech was one of the, There was a guy from Texas Tech that we're looking at possibly add to the squad. And then um, I can't remember who the other guy was that they were looking at. I want to say it might have been someone from Penn State, actually, like in in inside uh Okay Big Ten. Um but yeah, I we're we're gonna be losing two of our senior guards. Um good chance we're gonna be losing. Um God, I can't think of his name right now. I'm just blowing my mind. Dickinson,
0: he's gone, Dickinson, right?
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, Dickinson is most likely gone. He's gonna be, he's gonna go in the the, the first round of the draft, in my opinion. Um, he's a big guy. He can shoot, plays good defense. Um, yeah, I just think he's he's got uh, a little too much of his sight set on trying to make it in the NBA. But so, I really think he could serve for doing one more year too.
0: This is interesting. I'm looking at NBA draft prospects. They actually have Max Christie rated as like a top 20 prospect still, which is wild yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, okay. So Michigan guys, let's see. They got Caleb Houston. Man, where are they? I saw him at some other rankings. Wasn't here.
1: Christie a freshman?
0: Yeah, he was. Yeah. It'd be interesting if he left. He did not. I mean, he had a real inconsistent year. Um, and played fairly poorly in the NCAA tournament, like very poorly.
1: Yeah, Eli Brooks is gone. Um, Devontae Jones, he's gone. Both those guys are, I think they were fifth-year guys this year. Hunter Dickinson's gone.
0: So, okay, oh. so they have Caleb Houston. This ranking has Caleb Houston as number 72 all role player. so maybe they won't leave. I hope not. I think you know? Diabate
1: and Caleb Houston would do a lot better if they stayed one more year.
0: Yeah. It seems as if that's what the draft rankings that I'm looking at are saying is that, I mean, there will be like top 70 guys maybe. I don't even see Diabate in, in, in a lot of these most recent ones.
1: Yeah. So good. I hope they, I hope they stay.
0: Cause that's one, you know, if you can turn yourself from a, from a, you know, I don't even know how many rounds to go, but from a third round for second round pick into a first round pick from the NBA perspective, that's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. I really think Frankie Collins is going to be a solid point guard for Michigan. He came in when uh, Jones got injured um, there in the tournament and that dude, he just has a little swag to him that I really like to watch. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's a freshman. He's from uh, Sacramento, California. He's quick, man. He's got a nice crossover. He was he was like breaking dude's ankles, which was funny. Nice. Um, Yeah, Hunter, I really wish he would. Where do they got Hunter Dickinson on the draft
0: board? I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, dude, I don't think, I don't know that he's considered uh a...
1: Which is crazy to me. Like, he's a solid prospect. Dude, he's 7'1", 260. Yeah. Got a left-hand post game.
0: Can he shoot threes? You can shoot threes, yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure when these would have been updated last because I don't know that a lot of people are talking NBA draft right now. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's still a little, little ways out.
0: Yo, we got NFL draft, though. Dude, yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye on that, because I think it sounds like Hunter Dickinson, does he have any eligibility left? Uh, yeah. I mean, he he's only a sophomore. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's, one of those, he's one of those people that young. feels like he's been around for years because he was well, so good so early.
1: Had, uh, that other big white country guy um, a few years ago that kind of looked like Hunter Dickinson, but he was a righty. <laughs>
0: Um, so let's see. He's cause like if, if he's not considered a good prospect, then he could be one of those guys that just stays as good as he was as a freshman and doesn't get any better. And then ends up not being a good NBA draft prospect because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That could be Hunter Dickinson's problem is that he's just not he's essentially as good as he's going to get. And I don't know how well that translates to the NBA. It doesn't mean he won't be a good pro basketball player. Because he can play everywhere now.
1: So he was uh, all Big Ten first team as a freshman. Yeah. And from, from the media perspective, and he was a Big Ten freshman of the year last year. Yeah. Um, but I think this year he was like academic all Big Ten, but I don't think he really got a whole – I mean, I don't think they've really – handed out a lot of those accolades yet but
0: yeah um so he went to the draft combine last year as well I think so I mean he yeah, he was, he, did.
1: Dude, he, was a, he was a semifinalist for the uh the Wooden Award which is the National Player of the Year in 2021
0: Yeah all right let's and see
1: he a, and he was a semifinalist in the the Naismith Award
0: Yeah he shoots one three-pointer a game about yeah let's see lots of two-pointers Scored 18 a game this year, so he improved his scoring average by four points a game. Yeah. Um, I mean and he, more assists. Yeah, I could see it.
1: He had 13 20 point games this year.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that all shakes out. But he may be back as well, which would be real good for yeah. Michigan.
1: Yeah. If him, Houston, and Diabate came back, I would feel very confident with the the team next year yeah i really didn't think that they were going to make a run this year at all if i'm being honest
0: yeah they're saying they were so
1: up and down because they had some garbage games and then they had some great games and oh it was yeah, just but, like this team is like dr jekyll and mr hyde
0: yeah i mean they uh there's a little some bullshit on the draw they got for the ncaa tournament as well one getting in at like 17 and 14 or whatever they were they and were then 19, two two as a little, what
1: yeah, I think there were 17 and 14.
0: Yeah, and then two getting to play a Mountain West team as an 11 seed is kind of a joke. Like, I don't know, man. I'm not a big fan of how that was all seeded out. You have know, Michigan State who's got to take on Duke in the second round. Some bullshit. In my humble opinion, IMHO. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but that's how the cookie comes. Yeah, okay. They so
0: you get you get a Mountain West team and then you got to take on a 3 seed Tennessee in the second round. That's your draw. Colorado State's Mountain West. That's that's your draw. Something like that. I don't know. Whatever they are. They were number
1: 24 in the country.
0: Yeah, okay. Don't be salty, Ben. I just think it's, you know, it's just another 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 feather in the cap of the whole Michigan gets favorable things done to them by <laughs> sports media. <laughs> in the cap. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: Just sounds like a, a salty
1: Spartan
0: fan. I'm just, just play, pointing out guys, facts, Dan. Just pointing out you facts. You
1: played Davidson in the first round and almost lost.
0: I know, dude. We almost lost and it wasn't Foster Lawyer. It was the other guys. That Davidson team wasn't bad. But we didn't lose. Um, What was, what was Davidson's...
1: What was their final record?
0: Uh, they were like 20-something and I don't know, eight, nine. Yeah. Davidson Cat.
1: Isn't that where Steph Curry went?
0: Yep. Sure is. Wow. Yeah. It's 27 and seven.
1: 27 and seven. See, I feel like records in college basketball aren't very.
0: Well, it's hard when you're dealing with, you know, someone like Davidson that's just beating up on Atlantic Atlantic ten teams versus like and that's the one argument for Michigan getting into the tournament at seventeen to fourteen is that it was a big ten squad. Yeah. You know. And they had fairly they good metrics and stuff. Like, you know, if you look at like the Ken Palm and stuff like that, they were fairly well rated. Yeah. It did I mean, they did have a they they beat number uh
1: 10 Alabama in their season. Davidson did.
0: Did they? Yeah. Yeah, they weren't bad. Um, they had, uh, I don't even really remember that game other but than. They played teams like Dukes,
1: the Kiss. I can't even say this name. Duquesne?
0: Duquesne? Yeah, I think it's Duquesne. I think it's how Duquesne. you say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like a, maybe like, Iowa. What the hell is Duquesne? I think it's maybe or in Fordham. Iowa. Yeah, there's these Atlantic Ten schools. Um, Pittsburgh, man, all these schools are in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh must be a hotbed of education. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, dude, what else we got to talk about this? Uh, this lovely Sunday morning. What else did you shoot me over? You said a few things. Uh, oh, apparently they're using AI. Or. Oh yeah. So they this is just like one of those stories that it kind of makes sense when you really think about it but it's just terrifying to think about that makes sense so it's uh it's like some sort of pharmaceutical ai that they use to try to search out new drugs and compounds right interesting so well apparently if you turn it around and just have it search out toxic things then it comes up with like hypothetical new biological weapons you know, hundreds of thousands of new potential chemicals that could be used as biological weapons within like a day's worth of trying to figure it out or something stupid. That's like that. terrifying. <laughs> right, but at the same time, I think, it's one of those things where like the more, it, it, from a headline perspective, it sounds terrible, but then you you think about it and you're like, well, let's say hypothetically Dan and Ben got a hold of this AI and used it to search out these chemical compounds. I don't, I don't have a lab where I could make chemical compounds. That's true. I I certainly don't have a lab where I could make experimental and or hypothetical chemical compounds. And I certainly couldn't then do it on a scale that would be, you know, necessary to make biological weapons. So
1: it's one of those, just you could sell that information and get a ton of money for it. And then, whoever you're selling it to might have the capabilities of doing
0: it. Right, but I, from what I, it's one of those things where I think what they kind of made it sound like it was fairly easy to get this information. Like that this AI stuff that they were using is not that hard to get a hold of. Yeah. Like I said, the, the limiting factor here is the idea that Anyone without a chemical lab is going to be able to make these compounds and then, you know, distribute them. It's just one of those that, you know, it's an AI scary AI scary story, but in reality, I don't know that it's actually that scary. I think it's more interesting, just the idea that, you know, you flip a couple of metrics and how the AI thinks, and it goes completely opposite. We're not trying to save people anymore. We're trying to kill them.
1: Yeah, dude, AI is something that is really cool but also very terrifying to me because i feel like the more and more we learn about ai and the capabilities of some of the things that like this technology has the ability to create or manifest like yeah we like there's got to be more like regulations and laws around this stuff to prevent anything catastrophic from happening because somehow if if ai figured out how to hack and people created these ais to start hacking all these government systems and they just start you know d- deciding themselves that they want to launch all these bombs and like dude it's just i feel like there's so much uncertainty around it that it's very terrifying to me
0: yeah um it is a little bit terrifying but at the same time i think there's i don't know i think there's there's got to be human there's got to be abilities for humans, like the the idea that the AI could hack our nuclear system to start launching nukes. I think there's still humans that have to, like, push buttons at some point. You know what I mean? Maybe I may be able to send them signals to push those buttons, but or maybe not. Maybe I just don't, I don't know how our nuclear arsenal works. We're, this is one of those uh, Dunning-Kruger discussions we had to bring this full circle <laughs> exactly. to where we know nothing about this, so we're going to be we super confident. It, <laughs> but we're
1: going to talk like we do. Uh, Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like it it opens up the door to a lot of sketchy shit, man, with AI. Yeah.
0: Um, like
1: at, at what point does it require like actual human interaction for things to prevent things from going off the deep end with that stuff? Like if they, if the artificial intelligence has the ability to make its own decisions and come up with its own theories does that also have the ability for it to kind of proceed forward with making its own decisions on what to pursue?
0: Maybe at some point, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I'm one of the per- people who thinks that eventually we'll just kind of merge with technology on some level and what is human will sort of change, but we're not yeah. there yet. We're still people regular still humans. Turn into terminators. Yep. Um, speaking of terminators, you see, uh, Ukraine is making a comeback in the old war against Russia? No,
1: I didn't know that they had to make a comeback. I thought they were doing pretty well for themselves. Well,
0: yeah, but I mean that they're starting to push back the gains that Russia had made. Oh, really? Yeah, at least north of uh, the capital city there, Kiev.
1: I saw uh, a video on Reddit where these Ukrainian soldiers were like kicking landmines across the street. Yep, to get-
0: kicking <laughs> landmines out of the way pretty wild.
1: Like you're just going to kick landmines. Like.
0: You know, um Yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Just I saw someone break down the other the YouTube video breaking down how much money Russia has spent on things that are very useless to them in this war, like nuclear capabilities just at all. The idea that you would have this giant nuclear arsenal that means absolutely nothing to this the the actual real world war that you're trying to wage or the navy Russian Navy, pretty much useless, but they spent a whole bunch of money on it. Um, And that like a lot of their high end projects are more of like sort of window dressing where it's like their most advanced fighters and sort of their most advanced technology is stuff that they have and they've developed to keep up with the West, but they don't actually have a lot of it. Like they're not actually making a lot of it. So that's why you don't see like their most advanced jet fighters being used and stuff like that is because they really don't have a whole lot of it and a lot of it is just like these old, you know, ground-based systems from like the Soviet era, which is wild that yeah. they're now rolling into Ukraine.
1: Do you hear about that Kev fighter jet pilot from Ukraine that like took out like six Russian fighter jets?
0: Oh yeah, the the ghost guy, the ghost of yeah. Kiev, whether or not that's real them. or not. That's yeah. one of those stories that it will be interesting to see over the next couple of years as some, uh, you know, this all becomes history and we start to figure out what's real and what's not real and if that was if that guy's legit or if it was just propaganda sent out by the Ukrainians
1: that would be wild. If it's real they got to make a movie about it.
0: They do. The Ghost of Kyiv. They probably will in Ukraine regardless of if it's real or not. Like that's, yeah. that'll just be a thing. Um seems to be going fairly poorly for our boy Our boy Putin, though. Yeah, I think he deserves it. I just think it's interesting how, you know, it's like all these big heavy tanks and armored personnel carriers that they're rolling in with, and they're just getting blown up by, you know, what are essentially rocket launchers by guys running around in the woods with rocket launchers.
1: Yeah. What type of, like, economical impact do you think this will continue to have on, like, the U.S.?
0: Uh, the one thing I don't know, you know, there is some, some food stuff like Ukraine is a big bread basket. Um, I don't know about food shortages affecting us. Like it's essentially like, uh, a certain percentage of global wheat supply comes from Ukraine. So I'm not, but I don't know, I would assume that there's still going to be farming going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: do you think the prices of products in the U.S. will increase based off of any type of world global shortages?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're still going to have to deal with inflation issues related to the pandemic and all the global supply stuff for a little while longer here, probably at least another year. Yeah. So it's not going to be any fun, but it won't be the end of the world. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't foresee this causing World War Three or anything like that. But who knows? You know, old Puty's still got that nuke card in his back pocket. I just, I just think it'd be like I don't know. It's basically political and international. Like you don't want to turn Ukraine into Cher- all Chernobyls. You know what I mean? Like you don't. That's not what you want. It's not no. like Ukraine is half a world away from Russia, where you know you're going to have to deal with any fallout issues related to any nukes you bring out and it's just going to make the international community hate you even more. So it just seems like it's a very dumb idea. And so then you look at, well, you can't use nukes and you can't win a ground war. It seems like they're just shifting to try to claim those two Eastern states, Donbas, and the other one. And then yeah. they'll probably, you know, try to keep Crimea and move out. So it'll be interesting to see if Ukraine tries to take those areas back or not
1: do you think there there's a chance that they might not they just say you know screw it we'll just
0: yeah i don't know i think crimea certainly strategically would be nice for the ukraine to have back um but at the same time i don't know if it's worth it for them but at the same time it's becoming less and less worth it for russia and uh, ukraine is only getting more and more weapons from the west and you know, international, I mean, they have their whole legion, right? The international Ukrainian legion or whatever, where you have foreign fighters going to the Ukraine, to yeah. the Ukraine, to Ukraine to to fight. So it seems to be like that the tides are in their favor at this point, but we'll see.
1: Is that the, is that the NATO group that's going or?
0: No, the NATO stuff is all taking place, you know, in Poland for the, for the most part. Um, but Ukraine has actually started a, an international foreign legion. I think it was started in February where you, me, you or I could go to our nearest Ukrainian embassy and sign up to go fight in Ukraine uh, as part of their foreign legion.
1: That would be wild. So
0: there's, there's like ex us and probably current us service members who have, who are fighting over there.
1: That's crazy. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, and then we're we're working in Poland to train Ukrainians. And I don't know if we're working to train any foreign or any of the Legion folk, but we're definitely training Ukrainians in Poland and sending them back over into Ukraine. Dude, that's intense. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's just a proxy war. You know, it's basically the West versus Russia, but it's all happening in, you know, Ukraine. You know what's
1: crazy to think about? I feel like in media... You haven't really heard anything about Middle East in the first time in how many yeah. years? Like almost 20 years. That's, that's not the first where, time you haven't really heard anything about the Middle East.
0: That's not where the proxy wars are going on now, Dan. It's I know, shifted. but isn't that
1: just crazy to think about for like the last 20 years of our lives, ever since 9-11? Yeah. Even before that, right? Yeah. Like that was kind of like the main antagonist of the world. And you haven't heard anything about, like, Islamic terrorism or anything like that. And now it's all about, like, this war going on in Ukraine against Russia. So
0: Yeah, it's interesting to think about with uh, the backdrop being the world energy resources and how they're, you know, if we're making a shift away from coal-based things, then the Middle East becomes less relevant. Speaking of
1: that, did you hear that the first uh, 737 – had a successful flight using vegetable oil
0: or uh, okay no
1: wait what, was it vegetable oil hold on a second i just saw this the other day my buddy shared it oh man i, I think i saw it on reddit too um
0: yeah it is vegetable oil animal fat sugarcane waste and other resources
1: yeah so now they're going to start transitioning yeah a a three eighty jumbo powered by cooking oil is that an airbus plane yeah okay flu powered by cooking oil isn't that crazy to think about
0: um i think it's a little crazy it feels like it feels strange like what do you use just like where do you get this oil from restaurants is it just leftover i oil from restaurants that now the
1: they're getting it from but just to think that they're using that instead of some other type of fuel
0: like I, yeah that, I, I guess i don't know about the. do they go into the chemistry at all and like how it would potentially be more environmentally friendly because one of the worst i think one of the worst things you can do from a carbon emission standpoint is fly in a plane right yeah you know, it's super a jet fuel is like you know one of the bigger things from a carbon emission standpoint but maybe cooking oil is different
1: The airbus also announced that they're uh working to test an experimental hydrogen powered engine too so. Ooh,
0: i like that idea hydrogen is definitely uh clean emission i mean the only emission is water so yeah but that's uh that's kind of interesting to think about too because that was one of the things swoopy was uh talked to swoopy about hydrogen and the car industry like that is definitely a fuel source that car companies are looking at i think maybe honda and toyota are developing hydrogen uh, fuel cell vehicles
1: you heard about that guy that back in like the 80s or 70s was supposedly like taken out like like wiped off the face of the planet because he had done some research and testing on creating a like the oil companies supposedly in the auto industry they took him out.
0: Like,
1: yeah. They took him out because he had come up with some sort of engine that could run off of hydrogen. Really? And they just didn't want to affect the oil industry. So the oil industry like hired some people, I guess, to just take him out. So do you hear about that story?
0: No, no, I've not heard that story. Dude, that's some crazy shit. Yeah. Maybe that's a conspiracy episode. We'll have to dig into. There we go. Um, I do know that there's companies trying to develop solar panels that split hydrogen atoms from water. So you can basically, you take any type of water, you put it into a, what looks like a solar panel type arrangement, and it splits it into oxygen and hydrogen. And so you're able to use any source of water and create hydrogen fuel anywhere you want. That is
1: ridiculous.
0: So think about that concept of the future being like you basically have hydrogen fuel stations that are just giant solar arrays that you know some sort of form of water is getting added to and then it's just creating hydrogen fuel on the spot
1: and creating oxygen yes which is crazy to think about because if they put those on space shuttles and then
0: yeah
1: use those specific solar panels to create oxygen for the people yeah we just have to have that water supply in order to do that
0: yeah so that's something that's going to be a future technology i think bill gates is investing in something hydrogen related as well yeah so interesting it's just so clean and i think maybe not like like i think you're still going to see this is my opinion i think you're still going to see like an electric car like i don't know that all our cars will be hydrogen powered but i think you could see like trains you know, mass public transport, stuff like that, start to be hydrogen powered. And it makes a little bit more sense in that setting where it's a little bit more controlled because I think the problem with hydrogen fuel cells is that in an accident, they're potentially very explosive.
1: Oh, that makes sense.
0: So it's hard to, like, contain it in a safe space. Yeah. (laughs) But if you could put solar panels on the top and then just, you know, circulate water and make hydrogen, I don't know, man, it could get wild. You get wild. It's really crazy to think about.
1: I still think they need to find a way of using um, magnets to create, like, that kinetic energy.
0: Like a maglev train? They have maglev trains in Asia.
1: Yeah, I know. I think Japan uses them.
0: Yep. You can basically go as fast that... as you want. Yeah, dude. That's pretty wild. No, I no resistance.
1: Yeah, I still think that there's a ton of opportunities with uh, magnetic powered things.
0: Possibly, yeah.
1: Create a strong enough magnet,
0: you can push anything.
1: Or pull anything.
0: Or pull anything. Yeah. All right, dude. Anything else you want to talk about oh, this? Uh, this beautiful song, Sunday morning. Sunday morning, dude. Appreciate the chat. Yeah, dude. Sunday morning. Uh, Let's we'll come up with a clever name for our Sunday morning podcast. The Sunday. What was the old? Uh, did the comics come on Sunday? Like newspaper days. Yeah, the funnies. The, the Sunday funnies. <laughs> I don't know how funny it was, but, you know, it is what it is. The Sunday, your Sunday morning coffee, coffee doo doo cast.
1: <laughs> coffee doo doo cast. We could we could just call it the, the coffee cast with Ben and
0: Dan. There we go. The coffee cast. Yeah, a little rebranding here. We're going Sunday after that cast. going after that that uh coffee addiction market.
1: Sunday coffee cast with Ben and Dan.
0: Sunday coffee cast. Um all right, dude. Uh let's uh you wanna try to do I don't know a couple of days here, maybe Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday cast. Let's do it. All right, brother. We'll talk to you all later. Man, have a good one. You too. All right
1: later.